All right. Okay, so this this is episode one of the least likely podcast to succeed. Um, actually, probably episode zero because this is the prototype, and we don't have themes yes. yet, and we yeah we don't we don't have a podcast. Well, I'm right now, so I'm basically against getting theme music because if we get theme music, then we will no longer be the least likely podcast to succeed probably there will be one less likely because it will have no theme music i think it's worth trying to hold on to that title and it's not going to be easy yeah I'll, I'll, I'll come up with some some very bad theme music then we'll we'll keep it underground we'll keep it real okay um, yeah so for first topic uh which i think is ironic we, the topic for today is uh, what is geekiness? What really is it to be a geek on mm. on this day when Carrie Fisher might die? What? Yeah, she had a heart attack on a, a plane ride from London to L.A. and things don't look good. Really? I, I think I know probably what happened is that she saw the um, CGI that they did of her in the new Star Wars movie. Oh, did they? Was that heavily CGI'd? Only one scene at the very end. Oh, she was in it for like, but she, it was really they had two characters from the first Star Wars film that were done in CGI. Her and then, and this is where I'm going to come in as less of a geek. Uh -huh. The character that was played by Peter Cushing. Oh no, that's yeah, Tarkin. yeah. He's in. Uh, I guess the one that's out now. I don't know. Yeah, that. Oh, that, she's, that's, that's, she's in the one now. Well, her CGI is. Oh wow, that's I didn't know that. I knew and Peter they, Cushing was in there, and yeah, yeah, Can't she's in it at the very end, at the very end of the thing. Okay, that's, that's like funny. Ten seconds, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it because it, it it brings it around to the point where you know where they're kind of in the ship that's running that yeah. at the beginning of the I guess it's episode four. Yeah, will be captured. So it's before that the ship gets captured, but they're on their way, right? It's, and they have the they have the plans and all that good stuff. It's so. that that first accursed the the midquill. We had the prequill, yeah, and now we have the midquill. I right. I hate that word. I just hate that word. It's a sequel. Well, it's a sequel that doesn't happen chronologically, but it's a sequel. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's. You know, and maybe that's what upset her too, because you know now everything's. Saying, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at at the basic picture of her and the and the story. You know about she's in critical condition. God, that's awful. Yeah, that's that's awful. And yeah, I was thinking, well, they got her to the hospital to the hospital, but if you're on a flight from London to L.A., unless she unless it happened very late in the flight, then she was in trouble for a long time. I mean, even if she does make it out, there's probably going to be brain damage. It's that's not good, right? But you know, the thing that I wonder is, did they divert? Because they would divert, I think, for um, a, a heart attack. You'd think, but I mean, like they were flying. You know, the, the flight was London to L.A. and they landed in L.A. So, you know, hmm. not much to. Well diverting to do i guess i guess it would have happened late they would have yeah they would have pulled over and stopped in seattle or somewhere if they could i think they time. would have i think that the passengers would have demanded if princess leia was you know having yeah. a heart attack hey you, you got to bring this thing down yeah so so uh, i guess that 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 puts a pall on things a little bit but still i mean 
Um, that's it's. Uh, it is what it is, as they also say. Yeah, it, <laughs> it other, is what it is. That other hateful expression. I I, I tried very hard not to say that, yeah. but uh, you know, it's uh, it, it it is said, and 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 it, I I I would hope that it's not. And, and this is one way we can swing into the topic. I would hope that it's not too cold-hearted to uh, speculate what are they going to do with future films if she's gone, because if she obviously survived the episode seven, episode seven, yeah, um, and so she could have still been around, but you know, and so that kind of speculation is the kinds of thing, the kind of thing that would go that would or will go on for days yeah. and hours and so forth. Um, people, you know, putting in all kinds of comments and that's where I think one of the lines that separates what it means to be a geek now versus what it means to just be maybe someone who wades in and out of what's frequently called geek culture. Yeah. Cause I, the, cause I, 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 go ahead. Go no, ahead. I, 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 my, my feeling on the whole geek thing though is it's because it's somebody who's just passionate about something that not many people are passionate about, right? And so I find it almost difficult to think of anyone anymore as being a Star Wars geek or a comic book geek when there are so many millions of people who are into you know those things. Maybe you could have been a comic geek once upon a time, but then, then it became like a pecking order of who's better at being a geek about these things it's it's like once it's mainstream can you really be a geek about it i i always figured being yeah. a geek about something was you know because because i mean y you know you wouldn't say someone is is a football geek because that's well, so no common but but there was a time and there's still a time that depends on who who is saying it mm -hmm. people may say that someone is a fantasy sports geek yeah. You know? So, I mean, you, you can be a football fan and you can be into fantasy sports. And, and a lot of the people that are into fantasy sports are, are, are seen as geeks. And they're often characterized as people who would never be capable of playing a sport. But, right. I but think they're probably that, also looked at that way by the people who are just into watching sports, right? But it's still a multi-billion dollar industry, that fantasy sports thing. There, there are a lot of people doing it. Oh, I yeah. don't know. It, it's tough to... I mean... I guess that's the thing. We really need to define what is a geek. Is it, uh, is, it, is it that it's something underground that's very specific to a small group of people, or is it just being into something to the exclusion of anything else? No, I, think, I, I don't think the undergroundness of it, um, it, it is, is a factor. And the reason I say that is because there's some stuff that's underground that's, um, you know, like Satanism. For example, right. you know, but see, here's the way that I think of um, of being what draws the line between the geeks and the non geeks. I think that because a lot of the things that used to be considered geek culture or nerd culture have become much more mainstream. Yeah. Um, I think that th that the people who are not geeks, like I, I don't consider myself really a, a. I think basically true geeks would would say that I am not a geek. Because I am, I am what I would characterize as a frequent visitor, but not a resident of those areas. So, you know, I, I, 
I probably would have gone to see the Star Wars, the new Star Wars film eventually anyway, but I saw it sooner rather than later because my daughter wanted to see it. So um, I'm not opposed to seeing those things. I'm not opposed to seeing the comic book movies and so forth, but I'm a visitor. I, de- I definitely don't go on the message boards or whatever they are now that they do, like like comments on articles and things. So we can really probably nail down the geek culture thing to the level, the extent to which you're into it. Because, like, I'm not, I'm not a comic book geek. I have comic books. I've read comic books. Uh, I don't think those movies count. I think they're, you know, just sort of side things. But there are people who are so into comics that they know... They know everything about Deadpool. They know every origin. They know all of the, you know, or they had, or even they're they're geeks on a specific character, and they know everything about that one, like Deadpool. Uh, yeah, I. But you know, the thing is that 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 if if it's going to be allowed that that things are don't have to be of um, an underground nature or of a what is typically considered a nerdy or geeky nature in order to you know be a geek about it um i could be considered um sort of a a bit of a golf geek because you know i've read all the books i know like the ben hogan's you know five rules of golf and you know all this stuff that um it depends on how deeply you want to get into it and i want to I want to shoot a round of golf well enough that I'm willing to read all this stuff, take the lessons, know the difference between the club manufacturers and what I like about one brand of clubs or one brand of balls versus another and 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 and, and all this stuff that it only comes with time and commitment. So to me, um it what it what allows you to call yourself a geek is time and commitment. I wonder. I mean, I, I think there's something missing, though. It, it, it's something. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's something useless or something that needs to be defended. I'm not really sure because it's like we've we've only recently made geek a good thing, right? So yeah, it's it's uh, it's. Do you know? I think that it coincides with the um, information age because. People who would have been in the past reluctant to engage on any level with that stuff could do it in the privacy of their home through a screen and never had to be seen doing it. And, you know, you can almost have this this sort of secret life. So I think that the uh, orientation of a lot of stuff has changed simply by virtue of how privately you can do it. That's just a, you know... a stab at it, but it seems to me that that's at least a part because that I, I can't think of any other seismic event in uh, <laughs> cultural orientation that allows for um, for those changes to have occurred where things that pre pri- prior to um, this this age that we're in uh-huh. you know people people were were not gonna go to uh, some of these movies or you know some of these events right. but I think that they reached this stage where it was kind of a you know it was a tipping point where enough people that would be considered non-geeky in other parts of their life were going to these things or were going to Comic-Con or whatever yeah. that people 
who didn't want, who previously would not have wanted to be associated because they didn't have the self-confidence to um, withstand any teasing or whatever, um, are, are willing to dip their toe in the pool a little bit more because they, they see that there's this sort of groundswell of, of uh, participation. Right. Um, although I will say this, I will say um, that I don't think that it's entirely changed because someone I know who goes to uh, Comic-Con, Phoenix Comic-Con, every single year, in fact, she um, volunteers in the art room every year and uh, and she you know takes part and she goes to various panels and things and does other stuff while she's there, but she just really loves it. She, uh, <clears throat> first time that I went and took, and took my daughter to a Comic-Con and we were kind of going around and I had never been to one, so I you know, I sense of it and I saw that all the costumes most of which I didn't rec- I had no idea what they were and she and I got to talking and she at some point and I can't remember how it came up she said that the the event represented a safe place it was a safe place for people who were into a lot of the things that weren't or at least they didn't think were acceptable in the eyes of the rest of um, you know society right Huh. Although I, I have to say though that you know I don't think that, that everybody's necessarily that concerned about finding a safe place. And the reason I say that is because we took the light rail from Mesa downtown, and uh, somewhere around ASU, Captain America got on board. <laughs> and so th- this guy was clearly not worried about taking public transportation um, as Captain America. Right. And. Um, and he wasn't in a group of people. He wasn't, you know, he didn't have the, you know, safety in numbers. He no Avengers. He was by himself. No Avengers yeah. and nobody that could, you know, if he was going to get pointed at and laughed at, he was going to be doing it all by himself. Um, right. Although there were other people scattered throughout who were in some kind of dress that you could tell had to do with Comic-Con. But, um, you know, um, it's something that... Uh, Certainly in the years to come, I think, as kids in particular who are going through this era where geek culture isn't uh, isn't as frowned upon as they come of age, the whole thing may continue to go this way more toward the mainstream. Right. Yeah. I, I, I wonder also because now that there is social media and Facebook and all these connection points well one you you kids are not going to have any uh concept of uh nostalgia anymore you can't you can't think about i wonder what all those guys from high school are up to now because you're connected to all of them you know there is no more uh um thinking <laughs> they're just all right there i uh really i think so i don't th- i i think you know any everyone is going to stay that connected and Hmm. Yeah, that kind I think of changes the the you know the the calculus for what you remember because it's all immediate. You don't, uh, or or the way that a movie used to come out and you'd go, oh, that was a good movie. I saw it when it was in the theaters, and you couldn't really say you watched it at home because for a long time they weren't available on VHS or anything, right? So you. Mm-hmm. You just remembered a movie being good. Like I, I think of Star Wars that way. I I didn't even know the opportunity was there to see it again. You know. Mm-hmm. So 
it was like that thing I remember. It was good, and you move on. Um, yeah, that 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 part is definitely true. I mean, you you because in town here, it was only playing showing uh, showing it on one screen at the Cine Capri. Right. And when it r- finished its run, its first run, then it was gone. Yeah. And, it's, yeah, yeah, and, and there was no, I mean, I, videotape was in its infancy as far as home video is concerned, but they weren't going to be releasing it on home video. And yeah. I remember it, it, they re-released it like, I don't know how many months later for a while, but then it was gone again and you, and you just couldn't see it. Yeah. And I don't know how long it was until they finally released it on video, but it was, it was a while. And, and, and all movies used to be that way. Yeah. So now, of course, there's no waiting. You know, there's – I don't know how to put it. I guess I guess there's just a, a different relationship to the media. But, oh, yeah, but you can connect with instantly all of the people who are into it as well. There's, uh, you know, there's, there's a movie, Down With Love, that I love, that mm-hmm. I, named my, I named my dog after the uh, uh, Ewan McGregor character in it. And – it's a movie that nobody ever talks about. It's not a cult film. It's just a forgotten film. But I can jump on Facebook or Twitter right now and find 20 people who are into it as much as I am. Mm-hmm. So it's like geeky doesn't necessarily even mean sort of exclusive. Yeah. That's that, that's the film that was done in sort of like the framework of the Doris Day, Rock Hudson, exactly. early 60s thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I n- I never saw it, but I remember seeing the ad and I thought, oh, that's like Pillow Talk or you yeah. know, one of those films. I'm, I'm, I'm showing my film knowledge here, not <laughs> intentionally, but just, you know, in, in right. the swing of this, because I mean, I know, I know, you know what we should have done and we'll have to do it when we come around to this time of year next year, but do it sooner is talk about. Um, lesser known films that could be considered Christmas films. Yeah, yeah, that would be, that would be a I, neat one. You know, as long as we're talking about it, because I would say I'm a yeah. If I understand the definition we're using for geeky here, I'm a geek for uh, the movie Love Actually, and I've heard that described as one of the few romantic comedies straight men can get into because <laughs> because it's actually funny. And I watch that every year. Every year I watch that movie, not not like, you know, by plan. It's just, I'm not even around Christmas. Just at some point during the year, I'll go, oh, I want to watch that. And it's funny every time. I love that movie. I, I, I liked it, but when I rewatch it, I actually skip to all the Billy Mack segments. Yeah. That's that's my favorite That's my favorite story of the, all the stories in there, is, is the Billy Mack thing. And all the you know the interviews he does and like the sh- when he's on the show and he ha- has the pen and he writes yeah. the thing on the glass and all that and and, and there's that thing where he says um, kids don't buy drugs <laughs> become a pop star they give you them for free yeah and he's like he, he's like <laughs> this is guy who's got nothing to lose and Bill Nye is like the greatest guy to play that part he's yeah. like he's like awesome so I I love that kid I love uh, Liam Neeson's kid in that. The oh, yeah. yeah, son-in-law, and that part when he's running through the airport to chase down the girl, and as he, you know, as she turns to look at him, he turns and sees the security guys right behind him, and just says, "Oh shit." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, Richard Curtis is, you know, is good, and you have to give him credit for the script for Four Weddings and a Funeral. That was yeah. good too, because you know. But uh, uh, so, yeah, I. I that that that's that's a good Christmas one, but I have a few like even more obscure Christmas movies that we'll talk about next year. We'll have to remember that. 
Do you think we've done badly enough on our first uh, our first episode to still be considered the least likely podcast to succeed? Oh yes, this is shit. Okay, I, I think we've mission think accomplished. We've, we've hit the lows. Yeah, mission accomplished. All, All right. right. So until next time, we're going to continue to be the dregs, and um, then um, we will have to work just as hard to try to maintain that spot going forward, because we all know there's a lot of complete shit out there. Yeah. But we're going, we're going to bottom on, it. I'm on Chow and Rico on Twitter. If you want to tell me how awful this was, and I will get it by um, surveying Chow and Rico on Twitter. There you go. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut us off. Cut us off. Okay, and we'll see you at the movies. <laughs> oh, is that taken? Yeah. Something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's taken.